Gulfs of Elkhart. This is On the Beat with Carl Stutzman. All right. And welcome to On the Beat on Heart 1340 AM, 101.9 FM. Carl Stutzman. Uh, It is going to be a jam-packed couple of segments here to start off our show this Wednesday. So I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time giving my big, usual, flowery introductions. And uh, let's just say that I'm being joined on the line now by RV Industry Association Executive Director Curtis Hemmler. And uh, I brought Curtis onto the show just because I want to have an open chat about the RV industry. This is usually how it breaks down. If you live in Elkhart, whether you work in the RV industry or not, it's a big part of our lives. There's no way around it. And all of us like to pretend that we know what's actually happening, but most of us don't actually have a a, a single clue what's actually happening. So wanted to go directly to the source and uh, just kind of have a good chat to start out our Wednesday. So Chris, or sorry, Curtis, welcome mm-hmm. to the show. Uh, I, it is good to get a chance to chat with you. And it's also good to know that when I talk about Elkhart from a local perspective, you literally are in Elkhart, living in Elkhart. So you know exactly what we're going to be talking about. That, that is correct. And thank you, Carl. Thank you for having me. So I guess I want to start things off to talk about the current state of the RV industry as a whole. I think it's pretty widely known at this point that COVID-19, while it shut a lot of industries down and caused a lot of down economic times, the RV industry saw the exact opposite. There's been a huge boom for demand. Uh, We all know that you can't drive past a factory without seeing a help wanted sign out there. So from the inside, what has it been like for the last, you know, year, nine months, however long? It has to have just been mind-boggling. Oh, Carl, it's, uh, there's really no words that can describe it um, other than you know, unprecedented, which seems to be a very common used word this last year on, on many different levels. Um, same thing in the RV industry, unprecedented growth. Uh, we are uh, given the even three months of shutdown of, in 2020 that uh, we experienced with some of the, the factories or uh, facilities. We ended the year as the third largest uh, year in, in the recorded history of, of RV shipments. Um, as we've started this year in 2021, um, we are extremely ahead of, of that as well. Uh, we fully believe that this year we'll finish uh, hands down with between 520 and 530,000 units shipped, which will make it the biggest year in history. Um, and this is even in with uh, some of the supply chain uh, issues that you're seeing across the country. Obviously, it's affecting the RV industry as well, but we believe that there is enough uh Things in place that will allow us to uh, uh, still uh, deliver that that record breaking year, and we build it purposely with a, a range of, like I said, five twenty as a low to five thirty five as a high. Um, there's nothing that leads us to believe that, that that's anything's going to affect that. Well, I mean, that to me, that's crazy for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, one because even pre pandemic, we weren't seeing this level of a demand. Uh, And then during the pandemic, a lot of these factories had to shut down, which means Mm -hmm. that in that short amount of time between reopening back up and now you're still having record breaking numbers and you're still getting a record breaking year. That's that's ridiculous. It is. It is pretty crazy. Um, And um, and it has not slowed down. Uh, It has continued to be high. Even as we speak today, Um, the the closing of the uh, or the covid pandemic and when it began uh, i think it was interesting that really 
nobody that, that that I was aware of in the industry or anywhere was expecting to happen what did happen. Um, and as you look back and, and with hindsight, you say, well, you know what, this kind of makes sense. You know, people were escaping uh, the, the confinements of their own home to go someplace safe to be in the open. You know, our being allows for complete control over uh, yourself and your experience. You know, you can you can stay away from folks if you choose to. Um, and uh, and then, of course, the remote worker and the ability to, to work remotely. Uh, companies began to look at that during this pandemic, and that has given rise to interest. New RVers coming into the space that never thought about RVing has been the largest portion, uh, or 51 percent of the new folks coming in, either purchasing, renting, or leasing RVs are uh, never really had RVing in, on their minds um, and have entered into the, to the space as an opportunity to, to both work and vacation. Well, for a long time, what people wanted and what they were spending their money on was experiences. Like, that was the exactly. primary thing that people wanted. COVID hits, and an RV is both an item and an experience. It's an item that you take to your experience. I mean, you make it for yourself. You take it where you want to go. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it, it makes logical sense that, you know, it's a kind of a cause and effect relationship. Yep. And then, and then also complementing that is the availability of, of financing uh, is, is still very strong. A lot, there are folks in a very, you know, uh, in a good position of being able to take on the responsibility financially of, of RVing. Um, and then also, obviously, there's so many different RVs. There is an RV for pretty much every economic uh, situation of any you know, person's desire based on where their needs are and, and their capabilities. Uh, there's an RV for everyone. So uh, in the in the current job work, uh, I should say, in, in, the, in the current employee employment environment, I mean, you know, we know that every single one of these factories in Elkhart, you know, if you gave them a button to hit that would, you know, instantly appear 100 workers, I mean, they'd, all, they'd yeah. hit that button two or three times. How yes. are, how are, how's everyone keeping up with demand and keeping places staffed? Sure. No, that is... That is, um, if not the top, it's it's strong second. Uh, you know, when we talk about supply chain challenges, yes, there is a supply chain challenge with pieces and parts uh, that uh, go into these uh, units. But the greater one is the the human resource piece. Um, we, I actually personally sit on a board with the state of Indiana, um, along with some other folks, as we have been working to to really kind of try to troubleshoot how to get more workers into this area. Um, as, as you can imagine, um, this isn't unique to this industry. It's just uh, on, a, on a very largest scale that we've seen is the need for these workers. But as you can also see, if you drive around Elkhart and Goshen and surrounding areas, there's factories going up. Uh, you know, we're building massive new units, the OEMs, the suppliers, uh, to meet this demand that's going on. But the human resource is challenging. We are looking at uh, working with the state to come up with some solutions of getting workers into the area. But as you know, uh, housing becomes a challenge yeah. uh, in this, this area. And so um, how are we getting around it? We're doing, you know, we're doing the best we can. We're looking down different avenues, trying to look at other communities where the unemployment might be not nearly as good a shape as what we have here and trying to pull some, some talent into the area. Uh, I was just on a call last week where uh, we're revisiting a program that did exist that brought people from the St. Joe County, South Bend area into Elkhart, uh, almost a shuttle service of, of such. Um, there was a program at one time, my understanding, a couple of years ago when we ran into a similar situation. We're looking at rekindling that, um, bringing some of the larger 
OEMs and suppliers uh, to the table to discuss, you know, financing that would include you know, some contribution from them, contribution from the state, just to get people working because. You know, there is there is plenty of employment in this this area here. Well, someone ex- someone explained to me one time, and I probably am getting this number wrong because I don't know how long ago this was, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 percent of the population of Elkhart commutes into the county every day just to go to work. I, I believe it. If you're on 17 or 20 or any of those major uh, thoroughfares, you, you'll see it. I mean, it is, there's a lot of traffic. Um, and uh, and of course, that's. You know, it's, it's, it's easy. And there's, I think it's pretty safe to say if you want to work, there's job. Uh, it, it, it's just a matter of, um, you know, getting, getting more folks into the area. Um, now, some of the OEMs have moved some facilities. Lipper, for example, is opening facility outside of this area. Um, you know, we're trying to prevent that by, by trying to work with the state to, to get uh, some solutions because we don't want to lose uh, those uh, good taxpayers and folks from the community. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about the, the the kind of the future and the education side and bringing more employees in the in the second uh, half of our interview. But uh, it, it, where we are right now, we've we in Elkhart have all experienced the booms before. We've also experienced the low sides before. And I think a lot of people are extremely cautious of the current environment that we're in, where we're seeing just a ton of product leave the lines every day. I mean, you're seeing yards just just full of units on a constant basis. It everyone i know of is always looking out for that sign that it's going to turn the other direction and i I imagine that nobody's more concerned about that than you guys are yeah yeah exactly now to bring some comfort to everyone is that we we do uh in fact if you've been listening to any of the um uh for example mike happy from winnebago or bob martin or uh, pete legal from any of the three big manufacturers they are all reporting out um, that they still foresee, you know, continued strong growth for the next two to three years. Um, there is a very large amount of inventory that's on back order, if you may, that even if we you know, st- started today, we would still have orders in place for over a year. So um, there's definitely uh, at some point it will it will settle a little bit. But, you know, our goal right now as an industry is our Go RVing campaigns and others uh, building the institute here to train technicians is all for future uh, preventative, or I should say, future uh, initiatives to keep these large number of new RVers that are experiencing uh, the RV industry and the RV experience uh, engaged and continuing to RV by training technicians so that the their um, RVs when they do go down that they're back on the road quickly, and as well as um, the uh, ability to uh, have uh, you know plenty of jobs, plenty of things in place, so that the that the growth doesn't have a sharp drop like maybe has been experienced in the past. And and there's no real indicators out there at the current time that that shy us away from from believing that the this is not going to continue for a while. Uh, We're talking with Curtis Hemmler, Executive Director for the RV Industry Association. Bottom line is, for this first half of the interview, is that the industry is doing well, and there's nothing in the foreseeable future that would change that. Certainly good news. I want to talk uh, about the future of the RV industry, and we'll do that in our next segment. So we'll be back in just a minute on The Beat on the Heart 1340 AM, 101.9 FM.
keeping an eye on what's happening in your backyard, it's back to On the Beat with Carl Stutzman. And back here on the beat with Curtis Hemmler, Executive Director for the RV Industry Association. Last segment, we talked about the current state of the RV industry. We'll have that podcast up for you later. Highly suggest you listen to it. I want to talk now about the future of the RV Industry Association because as I'm talking to Curtis now, he is actually over at the RV Technical Institute building on Middlebury Street. Uh, it just kind of highlights, Curtis, the uh, a massive amount of effort that the industry has put into trying to create an effective technical workforce to be able to push the industry forward. Yeah, no, uh, as you, I guess your, your viewers can't see, but as I'm talking to you now, um, the building here in, in Elkhart was a direct result of a future looking uh, for the industry. The um, RV Technical Institute was a combined effort by the manufacturers, the uh, dealer network and the suppliers of the industry. We recognize that um, as we build these units, you know, hundreds of thousands and not millions of these units, um, that the service side of the house needs to be equally uh, professional and extensive because, as, as we all know, rolling your house down the road at 70 miles an hour can result and will result in some repairs at, at some point. And the average uh, time that it, we have been able to determine it takes for an RV to be repaired is between 21 and 35 days, and that's just way too long. And so they came together. They put uh, uh, $10 million towards building this facility. They hired me to come in and, and begin you know, hiring, uh, I'm sorry, uh, training and certifying technicians, uh, as well as recruiting folks by utilizing the existing dealer network, by existing, by using high schools, using other community colleges, and establishing learning partners that are across the country that can use the curriculum and the education that we create here in Elkhart. That comes from the experts, the OEMs, the suppliers. That goes into the curriculum, which we then distribute across the country. Uh, we have numerous uh, learning partners uh, right now uh, across the country that are teaching uh, the curriculum and recruiting new folks into the service technician side of the house. So that's just one area of forward thinking and preparation for uh, what's coming. The second one is uh, GoRVing uh, has done an extensive amount of studying over this last year to look at these new uh, RVers that are coming into the space. And it's safe to say that they're they're younger. Uh, they make up the younger, make up the bigger portion, younger being not the retiree as what has been the case, you know, for the most part, the last decade driving uh, the industry on continual growth. But now it's a younger buyer. It's a more diverse buyer. And so we have uh, spent a lot of uh, money and investigation into finding more out about this buyer so that we can adjust and uh, encourage our members, the manufacturer and such, to create units that meet the demands of, of this new buyer. So. Yeah, so I I I think about the 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 current environment of post secondary education. I grew up in the student debt generation. Like I I, you, I know they like to call us millennials, but you may as well just call us the student debt generation. Vocational schools almost were non-existent back then. You come from uh you know Wyotech is what is what you were doing before you came down here. I firmly believe that vocational training after high school is probably going to be the future of getting our economy, not just RV industry, but the whole economy back on track. Oh yeah. No, you're exactly right, Carl. I would, I would, I would even go to say that what you just mentioned was the, and this is what gives me such great 
optimism for the future of education in general. I'm a perfect example of somebody who uh, was directed, you know, I'm, you know, I sit here at 52 years of age and I had the best parents in the world and they wanted the best for me. And so, you know, they were the blue collar, hard working type people and said, but I want you to have more for life. So you got to go to college. Mm-hmm. You got to go and, you know, get a four year degree. Well, you know, take that and mirror times millions and millions of people. And I would say we had a very successful campaign of driving student debt. Um, and, you know, I, it's it's brought us to a point in, in our and I've been working on it for the last decade and seeing it uh, as a skills gap. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of it. The optimism I share is because I have seen in the last couple of years, uh, the trend is going back to really what started the whole technical drive. And that is the businesses need folks with more technical knowledge. They need some skills, which does not necessarily equate to a four year degree. Hence, not everybody should be going to a college uh, as an answer to success. And so, yes, uh, I Wyotech is where I came from. But even beyond that, I was working with nursing schools. HVAC schools to attract and to raise the awareness of very uh, lots of opportunity in in the skills trades and you know the RV Technical Institute is a perfect example of where when you think about we train predominantly on the house part of an RV when you think about your house that you might live in um, there's plumbing there is electrical there is appliances all of that is part of the curriculum because that's what's part of an RV and so I'm purposely using our curriculum across the country with high schools, educating. In fact, we're going to be involved with the largest national high school counselors association conference in July, where we will be there uh, with some of our partners to talk to the school counselors, the, the heavy influencers of middle schoolers through high schoolers about the opportunity to have a very lucrative life as a as an rv technician or other jobs within the rv industry yeah I, I i wish i had done the same thing to be honest with you college for your college was not for me i was i went to the carpenter school for a short period of time and did pretty well through that but i wish it was something that when i was 18 years old someone had looked at me and said hey you don't have to go to college exactly. you know and, mm-hmm. I, and i know i'm in radio but there, there are radio trade schools out there um you yeah. know the broadcasting institute of illinois you know it's they've got four or five campuses it, it just it, it exists on so many levels that we didn't know about before can i ask what does an average graduate from uh rvti make when they leave the sure. program sure so we have uh we have uh we if you're familiar with the auto world, the diesel world, there is a certification called ASE that you can uh, seek and you become certified. And that typically equates to, you know, uh, saying that you have a base competency within the auto or diesel world as a mechanic. We did ex- exactly a similar thing here. We are pushing out certification with technicians. And so the idea being as people become certified for the standard knowledge and capabilities that they will perform um, the salaries range from the level one, which is a pre-delivery inspection uh, technician. Those range geographically and regionally between $15 and $20 an hour type position. Um, As a technician uh, spends more time, gets another level of certification, which would then be our level two certification, which is a little more extensive uh, knowledge base. It's about uh, a month, uh, two months of schooling. Uh, At the completion of that, you're now level two. You're fully competent in all seven core areas. Um, and you're going to be looking at anywhere between forty-five and sixty-five thousand dollars a year. Uh, if after four or five years in the industry and some experience, 
uh, six-figure income is not uh, uncommon. Um, obviously, supply and demand is also driving that. Uh, there's not a, a dealership in the country. There's not a uh, independent service center in the country that isn't looking for a good quality technician. And so um, if you're a master of your trade, it, it definitely can equate to a lot of, of earning and, and lifelong happiness. Um, the other thing I would just add is there's also the ability to become your own mobile tech or your own independent where you you know, work for yourself and, and you advertise for yourself. There's companies that will actually hire you to be a part of their, their network, but you can become what's called a mobile tech. Uh, that same education you achieve here allows you that, uh, that opportunity to go out and, and start your own. Uh, we have numerous, in fact, probably 30 to 40% of the students that attend here plan to be mobile techs um, and, and go out and, you know, different parts of the country. Uh, they can work as remotely as they like. They can work in one place today and someplace else tomorrow. And uh, so it's it's that's incredible potential. And uh, I'm going to be honest with our listeners here when I, I go back and I listen to that wage scale. And this is not a complaint for my bosses that may be listening. But your your tier one graduates, they make more than what I do right now. And I've been doing this. And, I've, and honestly, and 100 percent seriously, I've been doing this for almost 15 years. Yeah. Um, and, and and I started off with a mountain of school debt. I mean, I, I mean, the mountain is more like a hill now, but it's it's a relatively large hill. I'm still climbing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just I, I I I I can't imagine that there isn't an industry out there that isn't looking at this sort of a model and thinking. I mean, hey. This is where we've got it. I mean, you guys, the, the Career Center, I, I know that you're familiar with the Career Center now because you've been here for a couple of years, but it's always existed, at least during right. my lifetime. And the Career Center was cool. You could, you could work on engines. You could, you know, there was a, they had a radio broadcasting program. You could take the culinary program. But now you guys partner up with, with the uh, Career Center, and you're literally putting the latest and greatest technology in these kids' hands and preparing them for a lifelong career at 15 years old. It's its yeah. incredible. Yeah, no, no, Carl, you're exactly right. And that's why I go back to the importance of being involved with the School Counselor Association, right? Because, you know, it's not only about educating the potential students that are there, but you have to educate those school counselors. Because they, if you think about it, are, are that most of them for that mark are, are a part of that direction that was given about you have to go to college you have to go to college you have to go to college to be successful well they too are being educated on the fact well i never knew this existed and so they have this very unique opportunity to start influencing and there's other parts of the world that already do this if you look at the german school system you know they they have at in the middle school level they start you know giving uh, education to folks about hey are you taking the college path or are you more interested in the trades and technical path? And, you know, and that's what I see. That's my vision. That's what I want to be a part of. And I think RVTI, when I took this opportunity, um, you know, I know this is hard to believe, Carl, especially you're a long-term person at Elkhart, but I did not have on my bucket list to be in Elkhart. <laughs> I, I just didn't see it. Now, now that I'm here, it should have been. This is a great place to live and uh, great people. And I love being a part of this industry, but this is an opportunity for me to introduce uh, the the world to a model where you have an industry that's putting money into it, you have a state that's putting money into it, and a local government and local chamber that's putting money into this. Um, and then the, so the student only has a minimal contribution, right? That they don't have that student debt, that they're not starting, you know, and having to, uh, you know, you might make 
X amount of dollars coming out, but you have this debt, which equates to taking away from your potential. You can start right out of here with literally no debt and start earning. And then down the road, continue your education, you know, um, and hopefully you do, you know, life is going to be about continuing your education, whether you stay as a technician or maybe you, you, you do venture into something different, you get into leadership and, and those kinds of things. But um, I, I have complete confidence in the industry, even outside the RV world. And I will, I love being a part of that. I love the fact that what we do here at RVTI does tap on all those different trades. So I'm hoping, and we're going to do some things here uh, locally as well as uh, across the country where we're introducing this into the middle school and high school. So students can actually, you know, during their summers, we could get them through a level one certification program where they're making 15 to $20 an hour while they're still in school. Um, so there's, you know, I, I love being a part of that. That's why I actually took this position was to show uh, I'm a big believer in education. It's done a lot for me. Uh, I come from a blue collar world. Um, and, uh, and there's just, you know, before they put me six feet under, I just want to know I had a small part of trying to drive, you know, and educating students early so that they make those the choices that are right for them. Uh, and so they don't accumulate that debt. Well, I love the passion and I love what you guys are doing. We are unfortunately out of time. We're going to obviously talk about this a lot more. Uh, by the way, your last statement of not wanting to come to Elkhart, your building backs up against the trailer park that I grew up in. So I kind of, <laughs> I feel that statement a little bit hardcore on that one. Uh, it, Curtis, it has been great to catch up with you. We will talk more in the future. Good luck with everything. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess in, enjoy your summer till the next time we talk. All right, Carl, thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed it. All right, coming up next on The Beat, we're going to talk about fishing. Well, why not? It's nice outside. Dara Deegan's next on The Beat. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.